six and i'm here with my boy david gleason awesome glad to be here thanks we're going for a high five i think we're going so. for one of those oh, yeah for one of those so how did i me- meet D- david how did i meet you we uh we met at a bar did we meet at a bar? Everybody want to cut that out. Well, That's weird. <laughs> well, we we met each other at the gym. Yeah, no, no, we met at no, no, we met at. Uh, oh, like, Sherry, what is it? Laissez faire. Laissez faire. Laissez faire. And uh, I recognize you from the gym. It's kind of weird to talk about this, to be honest. Yeah. Um, well, without context, people <laughs> yeah, are gonna no be like, the, "The fuck, you guys met like at a bar?" Like looking down the bar, look, caught each other's eyes. And I was like, "Hey, that guy. <laughs> hey, that, guy. <laughs> that guy. I could be friends with that no, guy." No, no. We we uh, <laughs> noticed you. I think it was like coming up the stairs. I was like, "Hey, what's up, man?" And you yeah. said, "Hey, back." Had a couple shots, hung out the night. Um, I was there with my buddy Sebastian. Actually, I haven't hung out with him in a while, but uh, yeah, it was just a fun night. You know, we we vibed. Um, mm-hmm. Talked to a bunch of people at the bar. It was just like you know, super friendly. So okay. I kind of like that. Um, but I had seen you at the gym multiple times prior. Yeah, just, of course. I'm a regular. Gym, at the gym is kind of awkward going up to a guy and being like, "Hey, how are you?" <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Those people stand out. So it was an organic way of meeting. Yeah, of course. A good friend now. Yeah, yeah, I'd like yeah. to think so. It's mm-hmm. good to have people in the area, you know. Exactly. So tell me a bit about yourself. What do you do? What uh, makes a David David? What makes me me? Yeah. Um, what do you want to know? You want to know career? You want to know uh, personal stuff? I guess were you born in Toronto? Born I was Minnesota? born in the GTA, so I was born in Oakville. Oakville nice. boy. Shout Oakville out Oaks. boy. Um, lived there for most of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, I moved to Calgary for my high school years. Didn't really like Calgary too much. Uh, and then I moved back <coughs> here when I was 17. So I've been what, here what for about What didn't you like about Calgary? Years. I just wasn't my home. Was my home. So, in what sense, though? What's that? In what, what sense? sense? So this is from you were in Oakville, yeah, and so, then you went to Yeah. So we'll think about this. Like uh, mm. you're a 13 year old. Mm. You know, you have all your friends back at home. You get right. picked up out of there, dropped off into right. a city that you don't know. Like right. not many people are gonna like that. You right. know, when I was a disgruntled 13 year old, yeah, yeah. I like that. So <laughs> that's why I didn't like it. <laughs> right. But you that know, hindsight sense. 2020, mm. I think um, you know you're definitely a kid at that point in your life. So you know. I just um, I could have made the be- like a better uh, a better time of it, but mm-hmm. um, you know it is what it is, and part of that that's part of my life that uh, you know there's a lot of growing there. So, so after Calgary, you came back to Toronto. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> and I've been here since. So I've been here for twelve years. Nice. This is my home. Yeah, yeah. Which area of Toronto did you grow up in? Uh, to grow up in? Well, like. When you came back, oh yeah, you were so, in Oakville first, then you went to Calgary, then you came yeah, back, back to came Oakville. Back. Uh, no, 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 Toronto. Um, for school, mm. so started at U of T. Um, spent a couple of years there. Which program? Uh, commerce. So mm. I was there for ramen commerce. Um, mm-hmm. If anybody knows the program, it, it kind of sucks. It's hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I ended up, uh, you know, oh, spending some commerce. some years there and decided, you know, it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, took about a year off. Worked at the Madison Pub at a bar. I don't know if you might have been you there. You worked at the Madison? I worked at the Maddy, yeah, I was a bartender. Bar back nice. at the bottom. I mean, I in the basement. I could see that. I could see you being Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was yeah. a fun time. Um, Got any crazy stories? None that I want to say on the podcast. <laughs> Do you have any mildly <laughs> crazy stories? 
Uh, like fights and uh, things like that. Yeah, actually, yeah. I got a, I got a nine inch. I mean, sorry, not a nine inch. Nine stitches in the top of my head from a bar fight that happened. There. Shit. I think I was 21, 20, 21 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, so that's that you know, people are young and stupid, so I was one of those people. But uh, so yeah, I worked there for a little while. Um, one of my really good friends actually. Um, I met there too. He's actually coming back for a visit sometime. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Nick. Hey, I know you're going to probably listen to this at some point. What it do, baby? <laughs> Shout out to Nick. <laughs> uh, so you worked yeah. at Maddie's? Yeah, I worked at the Maddie mm-hmm. um, uh, for a little bit and then uh, went back to school at Ryerson, graduated, um, started working. Uh, so you went to Ryerson for which program? Yeah, I finished up my, my BCom. Okay, BCom? Yeah, yeah I finished up my BCom. It was a good school. I liked Ryerson. I felt like way more engaged. Um, mm-hmm. In comparison to yeah, UFT? Yeah, in comparison to UT. Yeah. UT was like very academic, which there's no mm-hmm. problem with. But mm-hmm. like, as far as getting your hands dirty, right. um, you know, Ryerson was kind of a better school. So growing up, did you always know what you wanted to get into or? No idea. No idea? No so idea. what made you get into commerce? Because it's like a generic, uh, it's a generic uh, like it's I guess, versatile, yeah. you can apply it to I guess. Nah, yeah, yeah. Now that I look <clears throat> back, uh, you know, I probably would have done something else. What, but what would you time, have done? Well, probably what I'm doing now, like computer science related gotcha. stuff. Yeah, because um, when, I, when I graduated high school, I just, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just know I, I knew I needed to go to university. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of students kind of are like that. Yeah. Um, nobody really has too much focus at that point, unless... You, you you really had a passion for something mm-hmm. in my mind. My brother's kind of like that, my younger brother. He's actually, like, he knew he wanted to be a dentist. He's actually right. now a dentist. Um, How many siblings do you have in total? I got uh, three. Three? Three, three siblings. No way. I yeah. didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. <laughs> <laughs> no well, now I know. Yeah, yeah, now you know. I got uh, one older sister. She's okay. quiet. Um, and two younger brothers. They're, they're loud, yeah. But I feel like I'm the oldest, even though ah, I'm the second yeah, so, oldest. So there's four kids in total. Four kids in total. Uh, yeah. So what did your sister, like, did she give you any sense of direction in terms of what you wanted to do in life or? My sister? Yeah, because she's older than you, right? Yeah, she's like two years older than me. But um, no, I think uh, a big role that played into my decision to choose was probably my dad. Okay. Because, uh, you know, he was, he's kind of like a, a business related guy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he had a lot of success in his career. So mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of a safe route to go down. But um, yeah, I I would say it's kind of just a generic uh, degree to get there's mm-hmm. so many people that have it you know i graduated i think my graduating class was like five thousand other people that had something similar mm-hmm. so we're all competing in the same market for right. the same shitty jobs um and yeah i just uh you know if i would go back it would be something hyper focused i think um you know one thing i one thing i realized after i graduated is uh what's a little bit better is to have like a tangible skill right you know something that is like it's you know you actually learned how to do something instead mm-hmm. of learned you know about it so right, right. Yeah, i learned just about memorizing business. stuff yeah just memorizing facts and all that kind of stuff more apl- of learning and applying type of deal Hand, yeah hands-on yeah, yeah hands-on whatever whatever it is mm-hmm. something to set you apart uh i kind of wish i picked up some sort of skill in my four years there um mm-hmm. but didn't really just fucked around just got my degree and got out but, well, uh, even now looking back, if you think about it, like you're in a position where you yeah. have to take that path and that oh, led yeah, you yeah, to yeah. being 
Yeah, because of course, of course, I would definitely, yeah. I would definitely say this. It was a necessary path to get to where I am now, right. um, because I realized shortly what I like afterwards, what I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And by the way, for the listeners, I'm I'm a developer now, so nice. I'm a programmer. So I got into that, but what happened? I would have never ended up at that kind of uh, decision unless I had taken the path I had, mm-hmm. because it it showed me what kind of jobs I didn't want to do have and what kind of jobs. Like what kind of I guess work cultures I didn't really want, um, you know what kind of bosses I didn't want to have. So you started working in the field for a little bit, and yeah. then you got into programming. Yeah, or so I spent probably the process? probably spent about four years, four or five years oh, working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Worked at um, worked a couple sales jobs. So sold. Uh, if any, if yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple people who probably could relate. They probably ended up in some really crappy door-to-door sales job after graduating from BCom. Uh, yeah, yeah, they always they always catch you. They're always like, oh, it's we're some uh, like marketing company of uh, some, something of that nature. So, right. and then they're just door-to-door sales. Um, you know, after doing it for a little while, I, well, I, I kind of knew what I was getting into, but yeah. I kind of wanted to do it regardless because I was like, you know, this is going to be tough. But right. what I learned from here is, is definitely going to teach me a lot more than probably I'll learn from anywhere else. And it was tough. Mm. It was for sure tough. I think I did that for about eight months. Um, I was pretty good at it to a degree. And then near the end, I just got, um, was it like disenfranchised with the, the job? I just didn't like it, you know. So what would you do exactly? You sold. literally go door to door? <laughs> door to door and I sold, well, business to business. Okay. And I sold um, a debt machines. Debt machines. Debit machines. Debit yeah, yeah, machines. Yeah. Well, think about it. Okay, like, that's a little bit different, though. It's it's not, a, I'm not then, selling then knives I mean, yeah, or like yeah, Tupperware. You're not, you're not going for newspapers per se. <laughs> no, but I was selling. I was selling. Uh, or no, I was selling uh, debit machines, but it's like hard to do. Like, you imagine walking into a business, mm-hmm. uh, a restaurant, for example, and mm-hmm. you know, there's people there. You don't know anybody. You got to go up to the cash register and be like, "Can I talk to the owner?" Right. And then from there, you just got to randomly strike up a conversation about their debit machine. I'm trying to sell it. Up. How's your debit machine? How's your debit machine? Like, I, don't, I don't think about it. Right. <laughs> you know? Uh, but it, it, it taught me a lot. And it, it put thick skin on my back. Um, yeah. Had some, like, awkward encounters. I remember once right. some guy got physical with me. No way. Started, yeah, yeah, telling me to f- go fuck myself and everything like that. I, I just walked in and I was just like, you need a debit machine. And, like, immediately got angry. I, I'll never forget just that. Just because you asked him about yeah. whether or not he needed a debit machine? Yeah, yeah. He was, like, some mm-hmm. tattoo... All right, so in Burlington. Hopefully yeah. he hears this, but fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so you go in, and then what, was, what happened? Well, what was the story behind that? He was super aggressive. And okay. Like, like uh, you know, just yelling at me, getting physical with me, pushing me and shit like that, and, and telling me to go fuck myself. And I was like, man, oh. you, first off, you don't know who I am. Right. Like, I could be just so a nice guy. So you just walked in and paint the story. You walk in another day at work. Yeah, yeah. You walk in, you see his... Did you ask for the owner? Yeah, I asked for the owner. Okay, I was like, so he comes out, all tatted up and everything. Yeah, it was a tattoo. It was a tattoo oh, it was parlor. A tattoo parlor. Ah. Yeah, a tattoo parlor. And uh, yeah, he was uh, you know super aggressive like immediately and uh, in like what, just in just, what just, sense? just like a brace demeanor. Just, like, yeah, just demeanor. Like, what do you want, man? Like, oh. like kind of like that. I'm like, <laughs> he was uh, having a bad then, day. Immediately, I'm like, like, like well, on guard, and then. Mm. I bring up his debit machine. He's like, don't you fucking tell me. It's like, you're talking about this debit machine. You, you try to sell me a debit machine? Yeah. He's like, go fuck yourself and get to my face and shit like that. And I was yeah. just like, holy shit. Like, you're, you're like, fuck you, man. Like, this is, this is awkward. 
and yeah. it's like I'm a, I'm a nice guy like, yeah. I get along with most people but right. like you know have some respect for at least another human being you just caught him on a bad yeah. day maybe uh, no no or no he just didn't like that he just didn't like debit machines he's like <laughs> he has something wrong with debit machines <laughs> yeah 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 it's pretty funny <laughs> yeah but uh yeah it was it was awkward but it did that job taught me a lot it taught me okay. a lot and then from there I ended up working at the Princess Margaret um Cancer Foundation. Mm -hmm. uh, worked there as a corporate or community engagement specialist, so I mm -hmm. helped raise funds for stuff. Nice. That was a good gig. It, it taught me a lot. Um, you know, it kind of helped form my opinions on what I think I, I need to do as far as like, uh, or not not do, but um, form help form my opinions of where I wanted to see my career and stuff like that. Because I spent about two years there. Um, in the end, it just didn't work out just because they didn't give me the pro promotion that sort of I thought I deserved mm -hmm. um, after I'd been there for two years. Uh, so at that point, you know, I had to just consider my options and, you know, I left because, you know, I just wasn't having any growth there. So I needed to have some sort of focus and, you know, some sort of uh, path. Uh, and then from there, I went on to work for a marketing company called Fairvin Events. Um, mm -hmm. Great spot. Really, really cool guy, Callum. Um, Abby as well, she's cool. Tara, um, so a lot of shout outs. Yeah, a lot of shout outs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I think Penny, they're, they're still there. Um, nice. But yeah, it was, it was a fun spot to work. Worked on a couple of marketing campaigns. Um, I think I worked there for about a year and a half or so. That taught me quite a bit as well. Um, you know, it taught me how to, how to manage people. So I, I was a, an account manager there. So mm. my job was actually um, meant to be sort of a campaign manager so I would have the idea create the idea and, and bring it all together mm -hmm. um, and then after that position I kind of thought like all the jobs I previously had were kind of you know anybody could do them right now you're kind of catered towards something you have a skill base that yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah, yeah so I just felt so super soft nice so going back to uh, before you did all the marketing stuff and yeah what were the I guess biggest things you learned throughout that four years of experience in terms of just conquering your fear and yeah, approaching yeah. people in any regard it's hard to do yeah it's hard to do yeah um yeah just taught me to to talk i yeah. guess um so like when, when it comes to conquering are you still nervous when it comes to approaching like anyone in like an awkward situation yeah yeah 100 so even now after all that you're still, yeah, yeah yeah but i i've learned to um, but, even inside like i'm shaking but like right. Keep your cool and mm -hmm. just talk. Just have a good time. Right. So, yeah, like it, it taught me to, even though you might be nervous on the inside with the kind of these situations, mm -hmm. um, you still are composed, I guess. Like I had a, uh, a training session mm -hmm. not too long ago with the government of Canada. Mm -hmm. So I was training them on a, a new search tool. Okay. And this is like a room of people who've been in the industry for like 10, 15 years. Right. And I'm training them on this tool. Right. Which is like, you know, I'm just sort of learning mm -hmm. a lot of this. But, you know, you, you compose yourself. Keep yourself calm. Right. Even on the inside, you, you're shaking. You're nervous. But, right. you know. Just having that confidence and courage. Yeah. Well, what it is, is just like it's experience of just of, of being in that situation so many times. Mm -hmm. Like you're shaking on the inside, but, you know, outside Keeping you're your cool. composure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd say. Yeah, but I feel like if you continuously you're in that type of uncomfortable situation you get used to it eventually yeah you right? get used to being uncomfortable all uh, right so yeah that's the key too right yeah Getting you get comfortable to, with being uncomfortable because a lot of people when um for example like in 
situations where it requires someone that's very confident or whatnot. You assume like a comedian or a performance yeah. artist or whatever. You're like, okay, that person has a skill. They're not scared. There's no nerves involved. Yeah. But in reality, they're, they're shitting their pants. <laughs> they're shitting their pants. On the inside and then after yeah, they're yeah. done. And I can really note to that in like many situations too. Like in regards to like I manage people at work and mm -hmm. different teams and stuff like that. And when you're in that flow state, you're not paying attention to like yeah. uh, those then you get into like that rhythm where you're not too self-conscious and you're not questioning everything that you're saying or whatnot. Um, 100%. So after the four years you did that, now you're in programming. And yeah. So you're still doing programming? So yeah, I'm still doing programming. So I, I gave it some consideration and uh, I thought like, look, anybody can do this job. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I might be good at it, but that's like subjective. You yeah. know, who, who rates it? You know, my mm -hmm. boss rates it or I, I rate myself or mm -hmm. whatever. You know, it's not really any concrete way to be like, yeah, this is, you know, you're doing good at your job. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just, you know, I had to take into, you know, account my skills mm -hmm. and like list them out, I guess. And see, like which, well, out of all of this, I guess what's like sets me apart from everybody. And I came down to like, there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. Maybe confidence, maybe just experience, but anybody mm -hmm. can gain that. So I decided to go back to school um at first i was actually considering uh graphic design what okay. you do yeah so 3d or 2d i don't even know just, like, just <laughs> some like, sort just, of digital art okay <laughs> so I was that, like i was like just do it i want to do something so i picked right. up like uh what is it like a uh an art like an art book not, mm. not a coloring book, but like, you know, a sketchbook. Like a sketchbook. <laughs> a sketchbook. So a just sketchbook. a generic just art book. Get, yeah, I spent a couple months. the store and like, yeah, I, I have one of those uh, books. art books. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, uh, I grabbed a sketchbook uh, mm -hmm. and just started teaching myself stuff. Dope. Um, How long ago was this? This was, I don't know, like three years ago or something okay. like that. Quite a while ago. Um, and then, you know, just tried doing something something else right. um and then i i quickly realized after a couple months of doing it you know i'm not a good artist and i was like this is not for me it takes time yeah, it takes time yeah, exactly yeah. but um yeah so it took it it, took, it didn't it, it for me it just i realized maybe this isn't what i need to do right to kind of separate myself from everybody else mm -hmm. so i started looking at schools um and came to the consideration i would try user design mm -hmm. or i would try you know um yeah user design or user interface design or something like that mm -hmm. uh and then i started looking at schools so that's like if you go into a website how the website is formatted the interface how it looks. And everything, yeah, yeah exactly how it interacts um what <clears throat> makes sense as far as like a user coming in right um and then i started applying to a couple of schools um and then i came across brain station mm -hmm. um just around the corner from us uh, for those that don't know, BrainStation is a boot camp. Mm -hmm. And then I went in, did a demo day. And then I saw all of the different uh, courses they had. Mm -hmm. and, and so a demo day is what? They show you what they have? Yeah, they show, like the students, they, they show you, uh, you know, what they've been working on and everything like that. Got it. Yeah, so I uh, checked out all the demos. First one I saw was data science, and I was like, what the, what the, what the fuck is this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, they get just numbers and everything like that. And it was like, okay, well, this doesn't really make sense to me. Mm -hmm. Or it's not that it make, doesn't make sense to me. It's like, I don't really see how, you know, I would enjoy this. Okay. And then I saw the user experience uh, class and I was like, this is pretty cool. I really like this. And then 
I went to the development, the web development side of things, and there's one there's one guy there. Uh, I think his name was Cameron, I believe. And I talked to him, and as I was talking to him, he told me he did the UX design course, and then he did the web development course. And I asked him, you know, why did you end up doing that? And he just explained, like, mm -hmm. for every you know one designer, there's like ten developers. And I was like, okay, well, kind of want to get a job, you know, something I enjoy, right. you know, something that there's demand for the marketplace. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I kind of started exploring web development. And after that point, I came to the conclusion, it's probably better to do something that's, you know, more difficult, you know, because, uh, I felt like the user interface design stuff, uh, you know, you could, you could sort of self teach yourself this mm -hmm. and what it is, is just talent. You know, if you, you have it or you don't, but the web development stuff, it's it's a little bit more like technical mm -hmm. um, because you, you do need to know programming. So I decided, you know, I would try to do what is most difficult and take that on and see how I would do. And I was like, my thought process for this is like, you know, there's a ton of developers out there. It's like, why couldn't I be one? You know, um, I feel like I'm at least you know, an average person, maybe mm -hmm. above average as far as intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I gave that some consideration. I was like, why can't I, I just do this? Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, just finished the course. After I finished the course, I uh, sat myself down into a cafe for three months and I, I uh, continued my studies. Mm -hmm. So I didn't just graduate and then start applying for jobs. I, I knew that probably wasn't enough. So I graduated and then, yeah, I spent three months um, at Jimmy's Cafe or coffee, mm -hmm. Jimmy's Coffee. Um, and then while I was there the entire time, I was programming, building applications and uh, reading and, you know, understanding a little bit more about programming. And then after that, mm -hmm. I, uh, I entered the, uh, the industry. Nice. It's been smooth sailing since. I love what I do. So where do you think this willpower and discipline stemmed from? Like, uh, where did what was the driving factor? Uh, just finding out what I didn't didn't like, because mm -hmm. you know, I don't think I would have been able to do this, uh, you know, coming straight out of high school. Right. Because I didn't have the discipline, and the discipline came. Mm -hmm. I guess a lot a lot of it came from, you know, wanting to, you know, be um, independent. Okay. So, independent in what sense? In terms of financially. Financially, yeah. so financially speaking, the freedom. Like, what was the thought process in you getting to that point where, like, I need to go to Brain Station. I'm gonna sit at Jimmy's Coffee for yeah. three months. I'm gonna research, read, and do well, all this kind of stuff yeah. because that takes a lot of willpower and discipline, right? Yeah, not well, everyone's capable of doing it. For sure, that. for sure. Um, do you well, think the factor, like, in terms of you being a sales rep in the in the past, like having yeah. that ca that contrast point? played a factor yeah for sure um yeah because you you can tell the people who work hard at stuff mm -hmm. you know they they're the ones who succeed and it sounds yeah. cliche to say but you know it uh you have to believe in those cliches for things that mm -hmm. turn out to work for others i guess like you, you like not every cliche thing is gonna work i, I suppose okay. like you're the guy who says like you gotta work hard at it whatever whatever and then you're gonna be a billionaire mm. it's like what does that even mean you know <laughs> right. you know work hard at being like an entrepreneur well there's so many people that are like that that's mm -hmm. very cliche you know work hard at what's proven to work for those that actually work hard right. don't work hard at the thing that is gonna be like one in a million chance mm -hmm. you know so that at the end of the day is just putting in the work in regardless because a lot of people they'll like you're in a position where you're a prime example of someone who 
had a vision or like went through different stages in life yeah. and was like, I need to change. And then you looked into mm -hmm. how to change and you applied yourself and started executing. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people get stuck in a rut and yeah. they don't execute and then they play the victim card mm -hmm. and then they go in a downward spiral or they just accept the comfort zone. They're like, you know yeah. what? I'm going to stick like yeah. in sales and like yeah. just live my life. But no, I wasn't happy with that. I didn't like having like somebody being able to breathe down my neck because they right. don't like the way I'm, I'm selling or whatever. So was it a catalyst point for you where you made that decision or was it like a uh, gradually over time? Yeah, gradually over time. Okay. Yeah, gradually over time. Um, you know, I, I had a, my ex at the time. She mm -hmm. had, she was a stylist. Okay. And, uh, you know, she had no problem getting a job and she, mm -hmm. I could see in her like um, being able to, I guess, evolve. Mm -hmm. which is funny because she actually used to work at a salon called Evolve. Right. But she went from, you know, junior to intermediate. She just got better. Right. You know, I, I didn't feel with sales I was ever getting really better. Right, right, right. You know, as either I had it or I didn't. So there was right. no clear progression. Mm -hmm. I can look back now and, like, programming, and I'm, I'm far better than when I started. And mm -hmm. that in itself is super motivating. Mm -hmm. It's super motivating to see that. So when right. I graduated and I sat down in that cafe every day, I um I noticed after three months is like I'm a lot better than where I was and even now I'm a lot better. All right. So question. Those cafe days, yeah. In regards to this entire uh, story and timeline, were you going to the gym during that time as well? I was. There you go. Don't let go. Don't let go to those games. <laughs> I see. I see a pattern here. So what one thing I've noticed, especially yep. with people like a lot of my close friends and whatnot, mm -hmm. everybody that has that willpower and discipline to go to the gym and train yeah they have that growth mindset instilled yeah. in them right i think because I think the gym teaches you that it teaches you that mm -hmm. so it's like you go every day you learn a little by little you get yeah. stronger you continue to study uh, yeah. different ways to approach workout routines and then that correlates to other aspects of your life yeah where, where like you mentioned you want to get into programming yeah. and all that kind of stuff <clears throat> you literally went to coffee shops and like did your own course almost yeah. for three months Yep. And that's correlated to that gym oh, mindset. Oh, 100%. Like, 100%. If you don't want to do it. The gym's my best teacher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, taught, it taught me, like, I think what we're trying to say is, like, delayed gratification. Delayed gratification. So yeah. what I learned at the gym, it translates to everything else. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not working out for tomorrow. I'm working out for five years down the road. Right. I'm working out for three months down the road. Right, right, You know, because right. you, don't, you don't see your, like, anything... That this again is cliche to say anything mm -hmm. worthwhile doing it takes time takes time All right you know um to be in good shape takes time it's not something that you can just uh jump into or else everybody would be jacked jacked yeah and everybody else would be in super good shape and then it wouldn't be worthwhile doing you All know right. yeah and same thing with programming it's um you know it takes time to get good at it and mm -hmm. you can tell you can tell i guess the good developers from the bad ones the good ones are are putting in time to to learn, mm -hmm. you know. And one thing is as well, I guess maybe the gym can relate a little bit to this. But always stay humble, you know. You know, you, you're never gonna know everything, you know. Always try to learn, always try to grow. Mm -hmm. um, like the gyms like that, you know. Always trying to grow, always trying to do better. Mm -hmm. And same with programming, you know. You don't don't think you know everything, because as soon as you start doing that. Um, you don't get left behind. Or if you reach a point where you're like, okay, I already know everything. I nah. made it. Nah, you, nah, you, you don't you know can't, anything. You can't, do, you can't do that at the yeah. gym and that applies to life yeah. too. Because some people 
have that mindset as well, right? No. It's like, I'm I don't in think... a place where I'm comfortable. I yeah. kind of know what I need to know to get by. And it's like, that's going to lead to boredom and for unfulfillment. Sure. And you just have that void in your stomach kind of bubble. For sure, for sure. I think it's worthwhile to say, like, the chase is always... Is the is the goal? <clears throat> it's the journey, right? Yeah. A lot journey. of people we associate our happiness with a specific destination in mind. It's like once we get there, we'll be happy and content with what we mm -hmm. have. But in reality, that's never yeah. going to be the case. Because even when you reach that point and you get what you want, depending on the type of mindset, mm -hmm. yeah. Like for me and you, for example, I definitely know that. Like whatever challenge we set and we accomplish it, we're going to be like, okay, what's next? Yeah. Because you get bored. It'll be like yeah. one or two days of like being happy, and then after that's okay. Hundred percent. What's the next thing? That's the same thing as the gym. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned this on other podcasts as well, where it's like you don't go to the gym and just lift 25 pounds every day no. and be like, this is easy now. That's I got it. this. <laughs> yeah. like, Who's lifting 25? What's... Yeah. what is that? Come on. <laughs> 25 pounds. push yourself. <laughs> no, it's, so... it's, it's, it's definitely the journey, you know. Right. And that's definitely the most exciting part, mm -hmm. you know, because it's, it, yeah, to see yourself grow is, is, is probably way more exciting than actually mm -hmm. the arrival. Yeah, and nowadays too, there's a lot of people to look up to, and there's YouTube videos for everything in terms of uh, mm -hmm. gym routines and schedules, diet plans. Even when it comes to mindset yeah. and like applying yourself to specific industries or how to get somewhere, the information mm -hmm. is readily available. Like, yeah, so, I, I do so think that can be a little bit dangerous it though, is, yeah, because overall, you're always comparison, comparing. You're always yourself. comparing, but in comparison to the past where yeah. none of that was available. Yeah, for sure. You didn't know what you were doing, right? So yeah. if you have like a good filter system in terms of knowing what to search for mm -hmm. and like then applying that, yeah. it can be very beneficial. I would say too, like it's it's good to a degree to have that comparison as well. Right. It's good to be like always a little bit. I, it's weird it needs to, say to it's be like, a balance with the, the competition yeah. too. Like healthy competition mm -hmm. is definitely necessary. But like never be never be like uh, what is it like content. Yeah. don't be happy you know don't be right. not don't be happy but don't right. be content with where you are mm -hmm. you know you look at the other guy and be like you know i want that keep going for whatever mm -hmm. it is you know otherwise yeah, you become comfortable too comfortable right or even sometimes we don't stop and realize like if you i don't know go back in five years and see mm -hmm. where you're at right now yeah this is probably where you dreamed of being in terms of life right yeah. like being, being a programmer being a specific body type at the gym or whatnot yeah. we tend to i don't know get so caught up in day-to-day -day lives we don't look back and reflect on all of our accomplishments no that's for sure and not in a way where you're narcissistically being like i'm great like look at all my accomplishments but just being <laughs> like in terms of not being stressed about yeah everything and appreciating where, where you are in life and like how your hard work is paying off what uh, mindset that you use to get to the place where you are, what you can improve on, and other goals and ambitions and stuff that you can continue to yeah, for sure. grow, grow towards, right? Um, we're too young right now. Too young to be happy with where we that's are. That's true, but happiness is subjective too, right? Yeah, I like, guess. Well, what, what does it mean to be happy? Like at the end, of the, in, in terms of your life, like, I guess like, I'm not. I'm happy with where I am. So there you go. I would say that, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Um, Content with me, like this is where I want to be for forever. Right. You know, this is always going to be. I have that, goals. But that's always going to be the case. Then. That's always yeah. going to be the case. Even yeah. when I'm a seven-year-old man, I'm, I'm probably oh, still going to be like. Can't wait till I'm seventy-five. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but even then, I'll be like, I can't, I can't wait until my my tomatoes are ripe. I wanna tomatoes. My, my pomegranates need to be riper than the Dave's uh, pomegranate. Yeah, There's okay. always gonna not, be like, why, why are we talking about pomegranates? And tomatoes, <laughs> I don't know, for man. some reason, I start thinking about farming we, we pomegranates. Have a, we have a garden. <laughs> yeah. no, are we neighbors in this situation? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Damn. Maybe we are. All right, all right, all right. So when we're like seventy-year-old farmers, <laughs> pomegranate and tomato farmers, all right, I'm gonna compare mine to yours. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, what, what else is there? But yeah, what else do you have in your farm, bro? What else do I have in my farm? Yeah. I'm about you, man. <laughs> Competition, bro. But yeah, in regards to, in terms yeah. of not being fulfilled, I don't know why the farms and pomegranates came to mind, but... Yeah, they're like yeah, total, in, in total polar opposites. Yeah, in, if well. you look at, I don't know, like Sylvester Stallone, so he's still jacked and still doing what he's doing, yeah. making films and stuff. And he's yeah. Like, how old is he? Like 71? He's old. He's, he's in his 70s. pretty crazy. Yeah, he's crazy, yeah. Uh, all, those, all those old guys uh, yeah. keep acting. Like, I was thinking about this the other day. Mm. I think it was, who did I see in a film super old i think it was like anthony hopkins or something like that i was mm -hmm. like why is this guy still acting he's made mm -hmm. it he has everything but i think at some point you get a passion for what you're doing that's your life you know, purpose that's your life. Way, right? and it's exciting for them right mm -hmm. so you know they still probably get paid boatloads yeah but, but even then it's like he still to them it, yeah they don't need actually i was thinking it was larry king i was thinking larry of, king because yeah. that guy's super old that guy mm -hmm. is old as dirt but mm -hmm. he um He's still interviewing people, and he's it, it's because he's he enjoys what he does, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and it's hard to find that. I think I've I found I I love what I do, okay. and I think it's it's hard to find that. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if I love what I do when I'm seventy, mm -hmm. but I love what I do right now. But what kind of tips or tricks do you have for people that are listening in regards to finding what they're passionate about? Oh shit, I got so many. <laughs> yeah, spit them out. Um, you know, don't be afraid of. You know what is it the uh, the mountain in front of you? Okay. I guess, and uh, you know, uh, times are changing. I would say, in uh, the way that like the the dispersion of information is, mm -hmm. so you can you can educate yourself on like no matter what it is. Like, you can find a video online, you can find a course online. You know, if you would have probably looked at this like I don't know ten years ago, as a solution, you probably would have been laughed mm -hmm. at because what was it like at that time it was like areas like like was it phoenix high mm -hmm. online schools or something like that <laughs> i don't know but those were those were laughed at but nowadays like there are legitimate courses out there mm -hmm. that you could teach yourself for all kinds of industries for all kinds of industries that'll set you apart and mm -hmm. it'll be something that you enjoy mm -hmm. um because i find there's a lot of people that end up in jobs that you know our sales jobs or, or corporate jobs or something like that and they mm -hmm. have to wear like like I've talked to my other friends about this and it's like they have to wear like a, a mask mm -hmm. like a, a persona for their boss or a persona right. for their clients pretending someone that they're not yeah that corporate world exactly pretend to pretend, pretend to be someone you're not yeah and that's that's exhausting I talk to my sister about this all the time it's draining yeah. it's draining yeah. it's draining it's like damn I don't want to act that way I just want to be mm -hmm. you know who I am so for anybody that's out there and that's feeling that way mm -hmm. like I empathize because I was that way mm -hmm. um and then what I did was I, I gave myself like a technical skill and mm -hmm. give yourself a technical skill and edge in the industry. Right. And then what happens is you'll realize if you land a job in that industry with that technical skill, mm. even though you might have a boss, your boss might come to you for something, but you're the one to tell him what to do. Mm -hmm. Like he might come to you and say like, look, I, I want it this way. But like, it's not going to happen that way. I'm sorry you have that you. creative input. 
based yeah. off of your yeah, skill set. Yeah, creative yeah. input, and you have that, that expertise, so what you say goes. And I like that power. It's mm-hmm. a good power dynamic to have. I feel like I don't have a boss. My boss is essentially like making sure my clients are happy. <clears throat> well, you have something to bring to the company, right? You're just not a cog in a wheel. You're not doing yeah. grunt work. That's, that's the key, I feel like. Yeah, and yeah. going back to what you said earlier, and it makes sense too. It's like when you took that break in between thing and went to the art sh- art store and asked for the art book. Yeah. You were craving creativity. Yeah, I was creating creativity. I was right. creating something and, that and set I me apart. And I feel part. like a lot of people are lacking that in yeah. their lives because that's what we're <clears throat> like. Ultimate fulfillment definitely comes from creativity. Yeah. Because uh, you're manifesting something from nothing, essentially, yeah. and that's a good feeling. Yeah. Like we're meant to create life or art or invoke mm-hmm. uh, emotions or like when you create build a, or something a like that. Yeah, yeah when you build something or build a website and you're proud of it and other people are using it that's a very satisfying and fulfilling 100%. feeling versus having the number of debit machines you've <laughs> <laughs> sold it's you like alright people are doing machines. transactions <laughs> it's like that's not as fulfilling yeah. right so that makes sense in terms of I'm just connecting the dots in terms of what yeah, you said yeah, well, earlier you could probably agree with this like the whole yeah, time my, my you, entire, have, you, have you been a graphic designer your whole Career, 3D or? design, animation, programming, shading, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, for like 10 years now. Yeah, and yeah. You, you love what you do. I right? love what I do. Because yeah. you're building something. Like, yeah, it's but just... this, it's been an ongoing, like in the beginning, I'm not going to lie, I had some dips and divots in yeah. terms of like doubting my career choice and what I wanted to get into. But that's kind of made me who I am today. Like yeah. Going through all of those trials and tribulations, going through the, I don't know, anxiety, depression, panic attacks at the moment, like questioning my life. Yeah. But because when you come out of all of that, on the other side, you realize and you develop these skills mm-hmm. in terms of um, being more will. Just takes time. A lot of willpower, having a lot of willpower, discipline, noticing that those incremental changes in how you approach things in life will lead to day-to-day successes, will lead to like weekly successes, yeah. and then you just notice the growth in terms of where yeah. it is that you want to go. And so that's that's the key. It's and like then, notice, having something that you can notice the growth. And because. Then, yeah, yeah. Other jobs, I just didn't notice anything. But you can look back from five years or ten years and be like, look at what Yeah, and then grow. the thing, key thing is, like, there's always room for growth, too. Like, you're, there's no oh, yeah. top level, like, I'm the best 3D designer. Mm-hmm. There's always someone better. But it's like, can you continue pushing yourself mm-hmm. to become the best version of you and whatever it is on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like you mentioned earlier, a lot of people want that instant gratification. And that's what kind okay, of screws people over. Yeah. So delayed gratification is where it's at. So that is where it's at. If you're delaying your gratification, oh, you're not gonna get fit by yeah. thinking about you need to go to the gym or you want to go to the gym. Or, yeah, yeah. So while there. you're doing that, all showing these up, other people are already at the gym working or putting in the work. Yeah. And um, there's no better time than the present moment too. That's another thing. Yeah. Like, Everything that you do, all the goals and aspirations you have, everything that you apply yourself to, is like you have to take action kind of mm-hmm. now. Like, yeah, and one thing I'd say as well is like mm. every day that you show up is a victory, right? Mm. So even if you don't go to, if you go to the gym and it's not 100%, let's yeah. say it's 20%, whatever, you still made it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're still building those habits. Be consistent, and yeah. Being consistent, persistent. And the same thing when I was, you know, spending every day in a cafe uh, programming it and teaching mm-hmm. myself. I, uh, you know, some days I didn't want to go, but I just go, just show up and mm-hmm. wouldn't get the best work done, but I still showed up and, you know, some days were good, some days were bad, but, you know, I still showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just, you know, the longer you, you keep at it, um, 
you know, the better you'll get it. I, I actually say this a lot with programming. Um, you know, when you first start, start off, you learn to bang your head against the wall until mm-hmm. the solution appears. Mm-hmm. And the, the more you get into programming, the differences um, between, I don't know, three or four years mm-hmm. is that you just get better at banging your head against the wall. Right. You just get better. You accept the uh, fact it, yeah. that you can fail, but you're growing. Yeah. It's growing pains. Yeah. And yeah, just getting un- uncomfortable with being uncomfortable, like you exactly. mentioned before. And that's what leads to growth, right? Yeah. Because we're prone to being like, okay, I'm in a safe space. I don't feel uncomfortable. I don't feel anxious. But mm-hmm. if you can realize that those are growing pains, you become an unstoppable force in whatever you put for your sure. mind to, right? For sure, for sure. So conquering the mind and that inner, like, yeah. I don't know, that scared little thing that's like, you know, I want my safe space. Mm-hmm. And just grinding through that. Yeah, for and, sure. But it's not easy, though. Like, there, <laughs> has, there have been times, even when I was making, for example, daily no. art pieces, there'd be days where I'd sit down and I'd show up. And I'd be like, what's the point of this? Like, what yeah, am I doing yeah. this for? And then the head starts to get involved. Yeah. But then again, it's like, okay, you can look for ways to, how do you get into the head? How do you dissect that? What are ways to cope with these things and just disconnect from that? Mm-hmm. And then for us, for example, the gym is our sanctuary in that regard. Yeah. Like the euphoric, clear-minded state that you feel after a workout. How long have you been going to the gym for? 10 years, maybe. 10 years, yeah. Yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah. I had one one year, one two years there where I, yeah. I got fat. You got <laughs> fat. I wasn't, yeah, while wasn't, going to the gym or no, I stopped going. Oh, you so stopped I've been going, going since I was like I don't know, seventeen, first time getting right. um, gym pass, mm-hmm. and then I think I don't know, I stopped, stopped going to the gym for about a year. Drank a lot, ate mm-hmm. a lot of Tim Hortons and just bad food. Tim Hortons. Uh, yeah, Timmy's. <laughs> <laughs> so Canadian. Yeah, it is. Well, it was the closest thing. I know? was going to expect you said yeah. like McDonald's or Burger King no, or pizza or something. Well, McDonald's was closer. I get that yeah. every day. But it's just because it was close and I got I got real chubby. Um, mm. and it was what funny. did you eat at Tim Hortons that got chubby? <laughs> a lot of bread. Just a lot of bread. Donuts. A lot of donuts. Timbits. Yeah, exactly. Double, double, triple, yeah, double, triple double. coffees. Yeah, yeah. So... I got I got real fat. I mm-hmm. feel at least for a guy my size. Um, so what's, what's the heaviest you've ever been? I was two ten. Okay, it's not too bad. Yeah, yeah, but not muscle mass. But it I guess. was funny because uh, I was with a buddy of mine. Mm-hmm. The reason why I snapped and I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore, is we were both walking on the street and a friend of ours pulled up in her car and waved at eight like my friend AJ, waved at him and then um, if he hears this he'll laugh, but she she like later on said who was that guy with you? He's like. But that's Gleason. You know him. Yeah. She's like, oh my god, he got that's so fat. <laughs> I was like, that point, I heard that. I was like, I got a gym membership like immediately. Yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think we all have a similar story like that. To be honest. Yeah. For me, but because you don't me, realize you get yeah. you get trouble. Yeah, when I was in high school, I used to play sports and stuff, but I eat like whatever. Like there was no diet, yeah, no yeah. health. I go to the gym once in a while. I was kind of athletic. Mm-hmm. And then a similar situation. I was around like one ninety five pounds, but like. Okay. Barely any muscle, and then I was eating pizza at a store, and one yeah. of our friends, like a group of other friends, came, and one of them came and like from the side, like grabbed my, <laughs> my gut and squeezed that. And he's like, "You're getting a little tubby, eh?" And then that's when, for me, it was that kind of yeah, spot. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, no those. more pizza for me. <laughs> yeah, I you still don't eat think pizza it. almost you every week, it. but uh, in terms of uh, being strict on a diet and like changing yeah. things up and going to the gym. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it became an obsessive compulsive thing. But what, like, like your health? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, going to the gym. But I re- I went that extreme route. Oh, okay, point. yeah. I went from 195 to 135 pounds in damn, like six months. Damn, damn. Um, what did you like not eat for those six I months? I would do full body workouts every day in like an hour of... What, P90X? Uh, uh, talking no, p 90 We did... I actually I did, did that with... Too. I did <laughs> that with one of my buddies, Justin. But while I was doing that, mm. this was in college, I was taking a mass gain <laughs> protein shake. Okay, well, that's <laughs> so silly. defeated the purpose. Yeah, yeah. So I got mass, but I wasn't getting, like, P90X is meant to get you, like, lean and shredded, yeah, yeah. I guess. Um, but, yeah, my lowest I've been is 135. And, like, during that time, so I got knee surgery to, like, to mm-hmm. add a torn ACL and meniscus. And then same thing, I would do full body workouts, treadmill for an hour. And then I was, like, back then, the key, the goal was, like, you're a kid. Like, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Like, 17, 18. I was, like, I want abs. I, I, I still don't know what I'm doing. You still, don't, still know don't know what you're doing. doing. I stay humble, man. <laughs> yeah, stay humble. Stay humble. <laughs> so, at the time, it's like, I want abs. I dropped to 135 pounds. And I remember my father looking at me one day. He's like, you turn yourself into a fucking pencil. Like, is this what you go to the gym for? Or go eat something? Yeah, yeah. And then, since then, it's just been, like, an ongoing progression. No, like, for sure. Um, do you have any people you look up to in terms of, um, I guess, like routines and stuff like that? Like, or do you, do you freestyle? Uh, I freestyle. Um, I let other people motivate me who are around me. Like other, mm. like you, like at the gym. Mm. Like you, you're working hard. I'm, I'm working hard as yeah. this guy. In terms of like when you were growing up, the uh, workout routines and stuff like that. What was your research oh, process my, like? My first guy I watched yeah. or not watched, but my first guy I ever followed his routine was Chris Gethin mm-hmm. from Bodybuilding.com. Okay. I actually met him on the street no like a couple years later. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. He's a lot shorter in real life, uh, mm-hmm. if anybody knows him. Um, he's like an Australian meathead. Uh, Australian he did like the, meathead. <laughs> or New Zealand, I don't know, one of those two. Um, and yeah, he, um, he did this whole six-month transformation thing mm-hmm. where he went from fat to not fat, I mm-hmm. guess, or jacked. Um, and um, yeah, I followed his program. I did that... For I think six months as well. To see results. And yeah, yeah. This was this was a uh, fat boy Dave into not so fat boy Dave. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. That that helped helped me slim down. Um, but yeah, I followed his program. Uh, the one thing I felt with it, it was like all over the place, which is fine. So like every day was a little bit different as far as the routine goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like what's really sort of helped me come into my own, I guess, program mm-hmm. is just. Um, you know, like just playing around, trying other people's stuff, seeing what mm. works for you, get somebody else's program, I guess, because I looked at it like this, like I'm, I'm, I'm no like scientist when it comes to this stuff. Right. So somebody's already made a program out there. That's right. probably good for you. Right. Um, so give it a try, no matter what it is, but then tweak it a bit, you know, to what your goals are. So if you want, I don't know, a bigger chest, you know, maybe do some more, mm-hmm. more bench or something like that. Are you strict when it comes to your diet or? Uh, or have you I, been? I ever? have been. Yeah. I um. I have a I have a bit of philosophy when it comes to dieting. Mm-hmm. So what I do is first yeah, I calculate the amount of calories that you should be eating to maintain your weight. Mm-hmm. There's easy calculators online. So mm-hmm. let's say you're supposed to maintain your weight at around three thousand calories, twenty five hundred or something like that. Okay. Your guy, your size are probably around twenty five hundred. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you know that's what you should be eating. Then what you should do is calculate how much you're eating per day with you know my fitness pal. There's tons of apps out there. Mm-hmm. Be don't be don't be stingy on the food. Eat what you typically eat, mm-hmm. but calculate all of that. Mm-hmm. Then you know whether or not you're eating what you should be eating, or if mm-hmm. you're eating too much. 
then what you do is if you have the bar set and you're eating exactly the right amount, depends on your goals. If you want to gain weight, add another 20% of calories. If mm. you want to lose weight, decrease by 20%. And then also too, while you're doing all this, take into consideration your cardio mm-hmm. and then take into consideration your protein. So typically it's about one to 1.5 grams of protein per body weight. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's a little bit of my philosophy. Um, just calculate what you do per day or not per day, but just get an idea. Because right. so most people don't have an idea. Of what yeah, they're, they're just guessing. What they're, they're just guessing, yeah. yeah. But then so, their results are going to be all over the place too. Yeah, so, so just, just just do it once. Yeah. Um, then you'll have an idea of what you're, what you're consuming. So, you know, I know what I eat per day. Mm-hmm. And I know what it comes out to be roughly. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe one egg is bigger than the other egg or something like that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm pretty close uh, of what I want. So mm-hmm. I, if I have my diet down to a science, then I can know if I want to gain weight, which, you know, I have. I don't know if you can see the belly. It's not tomorrow. <laughs> it's no, not tomorrow. Do you still eat tomorrow? <laughs> I won't touch that shit. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been to Morris and Gambia. Yeah, uh, no, but I, I know, I know roughly where like I, I need to eat. So I, I know what I need to consume, um, and depending on my goals. So this week I just started intermittent fasting because mm-hmm. I'm at about 200 pounds right now. So I want to get to about 180, 190. What's so, your time frame looking like? Uh, I give myself a lot of time. Yeah. So starting now and probably by June, that's June. gonna be a that's. Wait, yeah. like three, maybe, three, maybe four May. months. Maybe May. okay. Yeah, I'll be like one eighty, which is not that's not hard to do. <clears throat> that's not hard to do. But like the more time you give yourself, the the easier it is to keep the weight off because <clears throat> you don't send your body into like a um, like hunger mode. So I've like watched a couple of videos and done a bit of research on this. But apparently, when you <clears throat> when you drop the weight instantly, you know if you drop your calories <clears throat> really quickly. And then you start losing the weight and you, you continually drop a drop. Mm-hmm. As soon as you get to that whatever weight, um, then if you eat, you, you get back to normal, then you, you put the weight right back on and, right. and just more. So do it slowly, do it gradually. Um, typically what I would do is over two weeks, I would um, decrease my calories, but I don't know, maybe 200 calories, something like that per day. Mm-hmm. And then find that I'm losing one to two pounds and as soon as I stop losing weight I would drop by another 100 to 200 pounds. So how pounds. often are you keeping track of how much weight you're losing? Is this like a weekly thing or bi-weekly daily. or daily? Daily. I okay. got a scale. I got a scale. Not a scale. <laughs> and then okay so you're gonna do that for three four months you said. Yeah that'll be easy to do. Right. Months. Yeah. Do you have um, your go-to stack of like what, what are your essential supplements in terms of like what you'd recommend to anybody? In terms of working out, uh, I would recommend. I would recommend um, always protein. Have protein, creatine. Creatine. So until you you're in your probably your last couple of weeks mm-hmm. of trying to cut, and then you can take that out because that helps your body maintain water. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you're cutting as well, uh, take BCAAs. So people typically take BCAAs all year round. That's not a good way to do it. Right. There's a good one to one ratio of protein to branch chain amino acids. So when you're, you're naturally just um, putting on weight or whatever or eating however you want to eat, mm-hmm. uh, there's typically a right amount of amino acids to your proteins that help you build muscle. Now, when you are in a calorie deficit, there's not the right amount. And that's why we introduce BCAAs. Okay. Yeah. So BCAAs, creatine, protein, what else? Fish oils? Oh, yeah, all that, all that stuff too. All that stuff too. All that stuff. Multivitamins, fish oils. 
Do you yeah. take any, uh, like, I know you're in a pretty brain heavy. Brain do you heavy? Take, do you take nootropics at all? What? Nootropics. What the fuck is that? Brain supplements. <laughs> no. No, nothing? Damn, do I get, can I get a better brain? Yeah, yeah. You Damn, can improve your, you know there's supplements for your body, there's supplements for your brain as well. Damn. Is yeah. this, are we about to sell? Uh, <laughs> have, you heard about, have you heard about on it? No, no. Those brain supplements. Educate me. So there's Teach like uh, specific things like, I don't know, if you've heard of alpha brain and things like that. I want an alpha brain. Alpha. Do I got a beta brain right now? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe a zeta brain. A zeta down brain. The list. Yeah, but there's specific uh, herbs and... Uh, okay, yeah. Like okay. specific herbs and supplements that you can take to enhance your cognitive ability. What herbs? I do because I do, I do take a, a specialty vitamin. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not just like, um, I don't know, like a generic. When I go to a specialty store, it's got like mm. extra stuff in it. Like what? Ginkgo biloba. Okay, so there you go. You already know about that. Yeah, boy. So there's ginkgo biloba. There's hooperzine, alphine. Hoopers. Hooperzine. 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 Apparently, that that's, that's like one of the best ones. Ginkgo biloba is good for your memory okay, as yeah, well. Yeah. But the thing is, like, a lot of people, they take supplementations and, like, they're very health conscious and about nutrition and everything. Mm -hmm. When it comes to your mindset, that's becoming a new thing, right? Like, supplementing your brain with specific foods yeah. and... Uh, Herbs and what do you whatever. eat? Typically, that's my my normal go to go to stack is uh, L-theanine, caffeine, huprazine A. Huprazine, um, that's, that's a crazy one. I never heard of that. But I meant eat, like your food. Oh, food wise, um, everything, anything, pizza, burgers. Monday to Friday is usually I don't know. Try to keep it clean as possible. Um, but like you mentioned before, like I have a good idea of how many calories I get in so yeah. even for example if I eat out or if I have something that's unhealthy I'll skip a meal or two just to compensate for mm -hmm. that in terms of so I have a, an idea of like nutritional facts and information and stuff like yeah. that but generally speaking it's like keep it clean chicken breast beans beans like kidney beans oh, yeah, kidney mixed beans, beans okay. vegetables uh, protein shakes lots of protein shakes with uh, how many protein shakes do you have a day I used to have two I just have one. Yeah, I used, now I have one. That's like a lot of time. If, I used to have one in the excuse. morning and then one in the evening, but I noticed that um, weight was like fluctuating too much. Mm. So now I just keep it to one. Um, but it depends on what I'm aiming for right now. Mm. So even like you, so your intermittent fasting soon, I'm probably gonna start cutting as well. But mm -hmm. similar situation. Yeah. But for me, I usually don't cut too much calories. I'll be more of the introducing more cardio, cardio oh, and no. active. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. What's, do What's wrong with cardio, bro? <laughs> not, no, no, it's hard. Yeah. Well, so I, I always, I, the way yeah. I think of it is like cut out the stuff that's easy, right? right. Cardio is hard, man. It's easy. Yeah, I like is to eat easy? my pizza, bro. Man, yeah. but it's easy to not eat a pizza. It's yeah. hard to do cardio. I think about mm, that. Like, I know. Every time I'm cycling every kilometer, I'm like, oh, that's another slice of pizza for me. No, it's not. Yeah. One well, kilometer two is kilometers not, maybe. Two if kilometers. it's uphill, yeah. What are you having a bite? Come on, like one one, <laughs> one pizza, slice is one, like three hundred calories. Yeah, like three hundred calories. Yeah, yeah much, two kilometers you're... uphill. That's like the, maybe like hundred. This uphill better be steep as fuck. <laughs> okay, maybe five kilometers. Yeah. Oh my god. All right, five kilometers. Because like I think it's like an hour almost for like three hundred yeah. calories. Well, how so? What kind, what kind of car cardio are you doing? <laughs> the slow kind. <laughs> the slow kind. <laughs> one step. Yeah. No. Two steps. Like. <laughs> yeah, fair. Everybody yeah. has their own way of losing weight. Yeah. Uh, I, I like to take the lazy way. Just don't eat that much. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's the lazy way. It's probably the smarter approach. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll yeah. introduce cardio later down yeah. the road. So I just start with what's easy. Mm -hmm. uh, start with not eating as much. I don't even like eating breakfast, to be honest. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, yeah. D? What? Why? Why? Because it just, yeah. I gotta wake up extra early. I gotta cook every morning. Mm -hmm. I gotta eat. And then I gotta get ready for work. So right. I just, you know, if I could avoid that. So I, I just started this weekend. It's, it's a blessing. So it's like nice mm -hmm. to just wake up and shower. Not worrying work. about food. Not, not worrying yeah. about food. Not worrying about cooking the yeah. the four eggs I eat plus all of the, the other, what is it, like hashed corned beef. I think is what I eat as well. Corn hash beef. Corn hash beef. I don't know. One of those is in that order. I remember order. you mentioning that to me. Yeah. So having to do that every morning, I've I've been doing that for like six months. Um, so I get that extra thirty minutes of sleep in the morning, mm -hmm. which is nice. Nice. So I'd rather do that. And then then like later on in the afternoon or noon, it's you know I get like maybe one hour of being hungry, mm -hmm. and that's it. And then I start eating. So do people come up to you in regards to nutritional? Uh, advice, like weightlifting advice and stuff like that? Yeah, I actually had somebody ask me today. Today? Yeah. At the gym? At the gym. Mm -hmm. He asked me about, he's like, I was doing like a, what was it, underarm cable thingies. Mm -hmm. You know when you go like this? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. Upper backs? No, no. What is this? I don't know. I don't know. Wait, like, <laughs> you know when you have like the two dumbbells and you like, oh, okay, okay. What is that yeah. called? Underarm pec raises or no? Yeah, nobody knows what that is. Okay. <laughs> so. He asked me about that. He was like, "Look, I'm getting really, you know, I'm starting to get into working out." He's like, he's like, "Would you recommend this thing?" I was like, "Just stick with the basics, you know. Mm -hmm. Stick with flat flies, stick with incline, mm -hmm. and then incline flies. If you want to do this, this is like a finisher move, right. you know, for doing." So back in the day, people used to ask me all the time, and then I just created a long document with like oh, three. Did you? Yeah, I have a workout program. I actually work out. Yeah, so yeah. I I feel like. It reaches that point where so many people ask you, like, you know what? I'm just gonna write down a program yeah. for going. So, so my workout program actually comes from about a year and a half ago. Oh, it's pretty. Uh, recent. I got a buddy who I used to work out with a lot. Man, big ass Barbados guy, mm -hmm. uh, Zuri, sub Zuri, shout out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this guy, this guy helped train me a lot and, and showed me a lot of the ropes. Nice. Um, and then he gave me a a workout program uh, about a year ago, a year and a half ago. Um, I'm just stuck with it. It's really good. It's mm -hmm. uh, it's essentially what it what it does is it's uh, super high volume, um, and then also to you 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 uh, do this thing called a refeed, which mm -hmm. is I, I don't know if that's a technical term, but it's in just, terms of carbs, no, in terms of lifting. Okay. So the next day, what you do is you rework out the previous day's workout. So let's say I did uh, bench or squats. Yeah, let's say I did legs. Today. Okay. I do legs, but I do them in a certain range uh, of, of reps mm -hmm. as well as weight. And then the next day when I come in, um, I'll hit the legs in the same fashion, but within mm -hmm. a much higher rep range. So it's like a hypertrophy style. Yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you got it, man. Yeah. <laughs> so essentially what that is, it's like you have a higher uh, rep range with like a medium weight, and then you have another day in the week where you exactly. go heavier and like low exactly, reps. Exactly. Um, yeah, I've stuck with that. It's mm. it's good. Yeah, man, my workout sheet. I would have like intermediate workout, beginner workout, advanced workout with all the oh, diet and damn. diet uh, plan in terms of what I'd eat at the time. Yeah, okay. And I break down as well, like in terms of working out and being healthy, it's thirty three percent gym, thirty three percent diet, thirty three percent sleep. And thirty three percent sleep. And then someone like in terms of balancing all those three like, things. How do you leave instructions for sleep? I don't know. You just go to bed, do a put body scan, meditation, pillow, put your head on the your pillow, eyes. close your eyes, and then wake up eight hours later, eight to ten hours later. And someone came up to me and is like, what's the last 1% for, bro? And I'm like, that's ejaculation, bro. Oh, my God. <laughs> you got to keep it balanced. <laughs> yeah, can I get the instructions on that? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, cool, cool. And then so okay, so question. Yeah. So what's your private motivator right now when you wake up in the morning? What gets you out of bed? What are your plans for the future? And I just I just know I gotta keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, that's usually uh, my model. Yeah, just keep doing what well. I'm doing. Like I've set the I put the the uh, the building blocks in place. And nice. uh, you know, if I keep doing what I'm doing, right. and, um, within five years, like I'll be be at a very very comfortable place. Um, right. My primary primary objective is actually to. Uh, travel the world while I work. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people aspire to do that, but I want to do it in a way that's. Um, so you want to be one of those digital nomads. Digital nomad, yeah, exactly. Cool, cool. So my uh, my cousin, she does this. So nice. she travels the world, and um, as she travels, she works at these like remote colonies. Mm-hmm. Um, last one she I think she was at is like in Colombia or something like that, and um, it's just people who work remotely from around the world just I, like aggregate at these locations mm-hmm. and um, work on their projects and stuff. So. That's that. dope. Yeah. So what about you? What motivates you? Me. I'm just gonna like you mentioned, just like keep doing what I'm doing to the best of my abilities and then Yeah, see, see where it leads, goes. Yeah. yeah. In terms of expectations and goals, obviously there's specific goals in mind, but mm-hmm. the trajectory is always set and it's just focusing on one day at a time. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, ultimately speaking, wealth, not having to worry about financial situation yeah. and being able to do what I need to do. Um in life, like if I want to yeah. go on vacation tomorrow, I can, while making money in a fashion where it's like passive, where you're not yeah. putting in just specifically hours to mm-hmm. output. Yeah, money, so. money is for sure important. But it I don't is, think, yeah. I don't but it can make like it can make life easier, but it depends on the type of lifestyle you want. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, when for me, it's like if I meet my bare minimums and all the requirements, I'll be happy. But if I can make it more enjoyable along the way, and it just requires a little racks bit more racks. work. Diamonds on your diamonds. Yeah, dollar dollar bills, yo. Dollar dollar bills. And you just make those uh, commas. <laughs> get those commas yeah. in that checking account. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Hundo P. Hundo. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's yeah, no, cool. Money's great, but it's not everything. That's for sure. I uh, I think it's for me like what I really want is just to. You know, enjoy what I'm doing. That's, That's the key. And make money while I'm doing it. But yeah, projecting into the future and being like, yeah, I'm gonna be happy when, like we mentioned earlier. Yeah. It's a waste of life. Yeah, yeah. So. You still doing yeah. those breathing things, by the way? Uh, yeah. You wanna do one right now? <laughs> On the podcast. Have <laughs> <laughs> an awkward pause. Yeah. No, I was gonna ask. How did you get into that? How did I get into that? That's a long story. So basically, I'll give you like a brief summary of what happened. So essentially, when I was in high school, in terms of my trajectory through life, I was unsure of what I wanted to be, what I wanted to get into Mm career-wise. So I applied to different universities for uh, architecture and accounting, and I got accepted to some of them. And then last minute, split decision, I was like, you know what? I want to do something that I'm passionate about. So I asked my pops, I was like, um, can I do something outside of what the cultural norm mm-hmm. is or what you guys expect me to do? Like, He's like, as long as you make something of yourself, like, doesn't matter what you're going to do. So he kind of gave me the green light. And like mm-hmm. back then, I'm the oldest in my family. So it's like you have no one to like look up to. You, you yeah, think yeah. your parents know what's going on in, yeah, in your yeah. life. And like they have their... But then you kind of realize, never mind, they didn't, don't know what the hell they're doing, <laughs> no. depending on the parents. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, then I went to school for three years. I did like fine arts and like digital arts. And then once I graduated, 
So due to family circumstances and like just financial situation, being the oldest in the family, choosing a career path that was kind of black sheep in a way. Like all my other friends were like going to mm -hmm. engineering schools and stuff like that. Um, I came out of school with a pretty crappy portfolio because I'm just learning the fundamentals and the yeah, basics. Sure. So I knew how to draw and whatever, but applying like the 3D knowledge and... Is it, you graduated with fine arts, you said? Fine arts, yeah. Fine arts and digital arts. My sister graduated with that. You should, nice. you should give her some motivation. Sounds good. She hates what she does now. She's a secretary, but I, uh, she she's a pretty, she's a pretty good artist. Yeah, it's just, you need to get the breakthrough into the industry. Yeah. Once you get your foot in the door, it's pretty, like the industry in terms of creativity and the digital yeah, yeah. industry, for example, is booming right now. So yeah, while I was in that stage of life, um, I graduated, I was looking for a job. I finished an internship, it was a pretty shit internship, and then... Whatever, whatever gets well, the experience. Yeah, and then I was, for like a month, I, w I was like, okay, hey, I have money that I owe. Um, mm -hmm. I had been working like previously at other things, so I was like, okay, I'm in survival mode now. Yeah, yeah. And I reached the point where I started to mentally break down. Um, just like just spiraling like becoming more like through college too I was becoming more you feel like you're trapped there's mm -hmm. like suppression of emotion you're oh there's a lot of responsibility a lot of accountability yeah. you have to be an example for your younger siblings and there's a lot of pressure so as a man you, you're not supposed to express these emotions so everything was being mm -hmm. bottled up all these stressors or whatever and I had been working like just odd jobs here and there from like grade 10 so it was like grind 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 for like Mm -hmm. so many years and not having like a proper outcome mm -hmm. and then realizing okay I put all my work and money ener energy into this what's going to be the outcome of this is like uncertain yeah um, so because of that I started uh, so I realized I need to make a new portfolio and to do that you need to put in the work like wake up early in the morning and this is a long delayed gratification thing so during that I was like stressing whatever and I came across guided meditations at night time so it was like just it would relax you. So yeah. mindset, I was very anxious growing up, lots of stress. And as I was doing that, my mind would quiet down. Mm -hmm. And my subconscious or whatever it was would tell me, it's like, hey, we're going to get up in the morning at like 7, 8, as we do like for school or whatever. And we're going to put in work eight hours towards this new portfolio that you're going to make. So after two, three months, I made a portfolio. Mm -hmm. Like just continuously, because I, I noticed my, my headspace changing. Mm -hmm. And then through doing that, I got another portfolio and then I landed a job. And through the job, like things were getting better. But in that job, I kind of cracked mentally. I had a panic attack. I didn't know what a panic attack was because oh, I was sure. doing very redundant. What is a panic attack? I don't think I've ever So had. I had a situation where I was doing, so I got into the industry. It was like an animation studio. I was doing pretty like shading and like texturing kind of stuff. And then I was put on like grunt work essentially. Yeah. It was like effects. So at one point I had three computers like lined up and I was doing one thing on one machine, rendering it, batch rendering it, sending it to the farm, going to the next, going to the next. Yeah. And then I had a list of maybe like 13,000 shots that I needed to work on. And that was like my next six months. Oh shit. So it was not creative. It was just very repetitive and yeah. redundant. So in my head I was like, okay, I'm in the industry. I made it. But there was all this bottled up emotion that I hadn't released. Mm -hmm. And one day I, I was working and I came back to my desk and I was eating Thai food. Um, and then all of a sudden my throat starts seizing up. Everything starts to black blacken around sure, me. Sure, it wasn't just my an allergic heart. reaction? No, that's what I thought. I thought oh, okay, it was an yeah. allergic reaction. I'm like, I'm dying. I'm having an allergic reaction. So my heart starts beating like crazy. And you feel like you're dying, essentially. Yeah. Like you're about to pass out, but not really. Like you're about to die. 
So I was freaking out because I was like, what is this feeling? And I got up and I was like, literally, this Thai food is killing me. Like, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna die. I'm like, Who's, who should I go to? See? Did, you, did you order a... from that Thai restaurant again? Yeah, probably. I think I went back. <laughs> so I got up. Okay. I, went, I was like, who's the one guy I trust here? And I was walking towards him. It was a guy named Rob at the time. And then as I was walking, the symptoms kind of subsided. Yeah. And then, so I started walking on King Street. This was near St. Andrew's Station. So I started walking around the block and I started feeling better, but I had this knot stuck in my throat. Like, um, and it was like a ball stuck in the base of my throat. And one of my other buddies, he was studying uh, to become a doctor. So I messaged him and I asked him, he's like, I'm not sure what it is. It might, it might be acid reflux or like GERD yeah. or something. So I started doing research in that regard. And then what I realized, it was associated to your nervous system. So it's like suppression of emotion. Mm -hmm. If you keep suppressing your emotion, it leads to depression. And if you're constantly in that fight or flight armored state, you have yeah. a panic attack eventually. Because yeah. it was me kind of accepting, like, I'm trapped, I'm trapped, I'm trapped. But I'm like, everything's okay, everything's okay, like, everything's on fire. But you're not releasing that tension, yeah. per se. So after that happened, I got into... So at the time, I was watching a lot of YouTube videos, and Elliot Hulse is, like, one of the guys Who? like Elliot Hulse. So oh, yeah. he's, uh, he's like, a strength camp guy, like, a strength uh, trainer. Like, he does okay. powerlifting and stuff like that. But he's also of... Uh, he's very philosophical. He talks about, like, Carl Jung and, like, a whole bunch of, of philosophers and... He talks about the mind and the body connection. Mm -hmm. So he would go into like bioenergetic stretching and in terms of your nervous system. Like if you have trauma, it stays in your body if you don't release it. So like as a kid, if you're growing up, if someone yells at you and you kind of suppress that, like you'll flinch every time that person comes by again. Or like you'll be yeah. defense mode. And yeah. as you do it, you're building musculature, like armor like around you. Yeah, like yeah. your fascia and everything re retains that memory. So that's why specific people, when they do like deep, deep breathing exercises, they become emotional because you're releasing all of that uh, mm -hmm. built up trauma that you haven't ever released. And there's a good example in uh, one of the books called The Power of Now. It's like when you see animals, for example, like when there's two geese and like they kind of get into a scuffle um, and then they split, like whatever remaining energy that there is, like that build up, they mm -hmm. flap their wings aggressively and then they go on about their day. Like, they don't retain that anger. Yeah, like, yeah. they're not on edge afterwards. So we don't like, do that as humans. We don't do that as humans. But we, we, we have, down, right? exactly. We, but we have that in our nature where yeah. when you get infuriated, there's an energy buildup. If you don't release that, where does it go? Yeah, are you like, talking about just, like, your interactions with other people? In or other, just, like, in just everything, general? Everything, everything. Okay. So if you're in a traffic jam, someone cuts you off, that's a little bit like, like you're it, into your nervous system. Finger. But that's the thing. It's like, you don't release that. So how do you do that? For us, it's like, we go to the gym or whatever. Like, yeah, but yeah. In a sense, that's also stress, right? Like you're, it's a stressor. Like if you yeah. do yoga or like stretch or like I don't know, sauna or t uh, take a nice warm shower, that's kind of relieving that you're becoming more relaxed. But if you have none of that input or output mm -hmm. or external output of releasing that energy, it builds up over time. And if someone shakes you enough, you're gonna pop. Interesting. And then, so I think I've just been lucky never to pop. Well, you've gonna be, lived, you've be, lived a good life so far. There's going to be one day, no <laughs> yeah. one is going to explode. Remember, remember, I'm your friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you come mowing like down everyone. I can see that. I can yeah. see that because, like you said, like you, you, it's not like you, you bottle up, but like you're right. Like it's like the uh, analogy where it's like you flinch from the person walking by. Mm -hmm. Then you just have that like like natural reaction like i could see that happening yeah so over to, over time, over time yeah, up, so yeah that's what got me into that and i realized like doing specific breathing exercises i started i uh 
overcoming that anxiety, that depressive yeah. feels like that knot in my throat took a year to get over, but yeah. it eventually released and then I just continued on that sure. path. And I realized my life trajectory was changing. Do you, do you deal with like a lot of um, like office politics? Mm, now like I'm like the most zen person, to be honest. I, when yeah, there's yeah, drama yeah. and stuff at but work you, or but politics. You were, you were, were you? Back in the like, well, not you, even. You, like encountered it? No, never. Well, it's always there, but if it's towards me, I'll squash it right away. Like, like what do you mean? Like, like, like if some if someone's being I don't know, like unfair or whatever, I'll just tell them. pull them aside yeah. and like that's, communicate. That's like yeah. that's one thing I've learned is mm. like for sure don't let people treat you that way in your mm. office because like. The if offices you, are a second home in a way, where nine home, to five, yeah. spending exactly. what, 40 if you show, hours. If you show people too, yeah. if you show people like, hey, you can treat me like this, mm. they'll continue to treat you like that. Yeah. Even if it's your boss. Yeah. Tell you, like, no job is worth keeping yeah. for shitty bosses. So. Our industry is pretty lax in that regard, yeah. but I can see that being more prominent in like the corporate, corporate world. Because yeah, yeah, exactly. in the corporate world, everybody's suit and tie, and you kind of have to keep your composure. So if someone's yeah. talking shit and they're above you in a uh, hierarchy or rank yeah. or whatever position, then I can see see people suppressing their emotions yeah. in our studios and stuff like that sometimes that's the case but like uh, even people come up to me and I'm like literally I'm like who said what or I'll be like come let's go like yep. I'll talk to them I'm like don't worry about it yeah uh, but communication is key at that point it is and like, that's why in corporate environments HR is a thing but yeah let's yeah. say but HR still, like, let's you, say you, what if HR people, is people people bottle it up people always bottle mm -hmm. stuff up mm -hmm. and I feel like, like panic attacks probably are more frequent in environments that are like that for mm -hmm. sure um because people aren't like uh, I guess like using their like expressing themselves and mm -hmm. they're just keeping that shit bottled up and mm -hmm. you know wh however whatever catalyst is that triggers it like you know it comes out eventually yeah nowadays it's I feel like society is getting more open to I don't know breathing your exercises yeah. your feelings yoga all that kind of stuff generations before us and things we're like that really I can that, yeah. see it being more of an issue yeah, like because the stereotypical because boss, yeah like and, or even in terms of culture and stuff like that if I was to tell my father back in the days like hey I'm stressed and depressed he'll be like what like he's like do you know where we are where <laughs> we we've left war-torn countries and they yeah, got there yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. stressing over what excuse me but like mental stress and like the day-to-day -day slow that creeping up of a bottling of mm. that little flinch every single day over an accumulation of God knows how many years, that is different, right? So yeah. ultimately speaking, like that being said, like having the freedom to be expressive and having the freedom to make decisions in your life and not feeling trapped is key as well. <laughs> and a lot of people are blind to see that and don't realize that, but in reality, they are free. Yeah. So it's like, you have the freedom well, to change your habits, you have yeah. the freedom to change your life trajectory, you have the freedom to make specific decisions. Sometimes people play the victim card and they're like, you know what, I can't do this because this, this, and this. It's like, no, is that really preventing you from choosing that path or is it just an excuse you're making because you're comfortable? Yeah. Um, but that takes a level of introspective awareness, right? And once you reach that level of awareness, you become an unstoppable force. No, for sure. So. Yeah, yeah, people should realize or I feel I feel like I've been in that position before, mm -hmm. and that's why I sort of empathize it. If I could tell myself at that time, it's like you don't need this job. Thing, things will be okay. Things will work out. Right. It just you just gotta. Uh, yeah. Nothing's worth sticking around for that. Like and that's that's, that's another thing too. Like reflecting on the past and seeing, or like talking to yourself in that manner where it's like resentment or being like, oh, I wish I could have done this. It's like, realistically speaking, you are in a position right now. Like yeah. no matter what the trajectory was you'd still be here right now because in that moment 
everything, all the factors that con contributed to who you were as a person would have led to that outcome. Yeah, well, it eventually. is probably a valuable lesson regardless, right? Yeah, so you learn and grow from those experiences at the end so of the day. So that one shitty boss who yelled at you, like, I didn't like that. I'm not going to let that happen again. Right. You know? so. and, and those that don't, then I feel bad for those people. Right. Because they don't learn from their, uh, what they don't like, I guess. All right, so all that being said, do you have any closing remarks in terms of people listening? Any words of wisdom, uh, motivation, inspiration? I don't know. Get off, get off your Instagram. Get off, get off social media. Live your life. <laughs> live that digital I don't know. minimalist I'm on life. I'm a lot. Um, yeah. No, I don't know. Last, last parting advice. Um, What have we, we we've talked about a couple things. Yeah. A lot about you know what? career stuff. Um, yeah, things will be okay if you just um, continue the grind day yeah, by day. Stay grind. consistent. Stay consistent. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't worry about anyone else.